1: Here comes C-19, here comes C-19, right down
2: C-19 way. oh oh. here comes C-19, something, something, C-19, dum-dum, C-19, happy. yay! I mean, I'm pretty happy. It's time for the most exciting time of the year outside of actual Christmas. It's our Commander Christmas. Yes, Commander <laughs> 2019,
1: right around 19, 19, the corner. 19, 19, 19, 19. Uh This is when we get a whole ton of cards that are designed specifically for Commanders, the only time of the year that this happens. I'm very excited about it. And you're watching slash listening to the Command Zone podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. You know, we've got a ton of bonus content planned coming up. You're going to be seeing a lot of us in the coming weeks. Because yeah, you is... just
2: got four episodes in a row. Is right? this the
1: first week we've ever done one episode or like one video every single day? I think it ha- it is. Yeah, we. I feel like a TV network or something now. <laughs> uh, so we're going to be doing a lot of stuff. But we're going to start out by talking about probably what's the most exciting to everyone, and yep. that is the new commanders in this set, the new legendaries, the new lead singers, as we like to call them. But before we get into all of that, and we are going to review everyone, talk about the synergies that you know come to mind, things like that. Mm-hmm. It's going to get you excited about a bunch of these cards. Yes. You're probably going to want to pick them up. Oh, yeah. You can pre-order Commander 2019 right now. Just go to cardkingdom.com slash commandzone if you use that affiliate link when you order not just the Commander 2019 product, but Mm -hmm. all the cards we're going to talk about today that go in these decks if you're building them and you're going to want to build a bunch of them. Anything at all you buy on that uh, website with our affiliate link really does support
2: Game Nights this podcast, all of our content. And if you are going to be pre-ordering the C19 products specifically, we do have a promotion with Card Kingdom right now where you can unlock some special backgrounds for your Lifelinker app, which are only available if you order a specific C19 product. We'll have all the information, of course, always in the show notes below. Another sponsor for the show, Ultra Pro. They make cool playmats, sleeves, dex boxes, more, relic tokens, so many good things, dice. If you want to theme out your stuff as well as play some of these new commanders, that's going to be the place that you want to go to buy some of that product. Yeah, I love every year when the Commander product comes out because there's those people that have, like,
1: the Kadena playmat sleeves yeah. and deck box, and their Battlefield just looks sweet. It does. Uh, and the final way to support all of our content is directly if you go to patreon.com slash command zone. In fact, we call out one lucky patron every single episode, and this episode is dedicated to... Christopher,
0: Christopher Walker. Walker.
1: I always said Christopher Walker. Christopher Walker. <laughs> Probably gets that a lot. You probably yeah.
2: <laughs> not the first. Not I was the gonna last try time.
1: and do a Christopher Walken impression, but I realize I'm not good at it. It so is I hard, and yeah. you,
2: and if you don't do it well, you sound real dumb.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, we'll
2: just skip past that part. Exactly. Hey, anyway, Christopher. Thank you. You rock. Uh,
1: oh yeah, you rock. You Dang. rock.
2: You also rock.
1: Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's move into yeah, it. Yeah, we got we got a bunch of commanders to talk about. We're just gonna go down the list here, and um, we're just gonna talk about each one, how good we think they are, what other cards and synergies we would expect to see or that we think of off the top of our head mm-hmm. that would go in those decks. And the first one is super interesting. Yes. I, I actually missed the important part the first time that we played with it.
2: And I was like, this card sucks. And then I read it again. I was like, wait, oh, no, wait this card's second. awesome. Yeah, so we have a return of Phyrexian mana which really has not been seen in any sort of new prints in a long, long time. It's Crick, son of Yawgmoth. Imagine that guy being your dad. <laughs> That's why he turned out like this. I know, right? <laughs> so his mana cost is four Phyrexian, Phyrexian, Phyrexian. So seven you, mana, seven mana total. You can either in Phyrexian mana you can pay with a black mana or with two life. So this could cost four mana and six life, or four mana and three black, or any variation of those of those um, those iterations. He's a two-two legendary creature, Horror Minion. He has a life link, and for each black mana in a cost, you may pay two life rather than pay that mana. And whenever you cast a black spell, put a plus one, plus one counter on Crick, son of Yawgmoth. Crick turns all of your black casting costs into Phyrexian mana. So now in your entire deck, when there's a black cost,
1: and that could be on an activated ability too. Mm -hmm. It's not just CMC. You now have the choice whether to pay the black mana or pay two life. Phyrexian mana, one of the more broken things that's ever happened in magic, just not having to pay mana, like any time you reduce mana cost, what do we always say? It's good. It's good. And also, you were doing that with 20 life. Now you have 40 life to play with. Yes. This seems very powerful. Also, Crick grows as you cast black spells mm-hmm. and has link, so it can get you some of the life back that you're going to spend right. on your spells. Uh The first card I thought of when I saw this, I, I don't know, because it's recent, I imagine yeah. you thought of the same card, is Villis, Broker of Blood. Blood. This was from N20, It's a uh, legendary demon, an 8-8. It costs 5 black, black, black. But if Crick is out, it could cost 5 mana and 6 life. life. It's a flying, as demons usually are. But it says um, you can pay a black and pay 2 life, and target creature gets negative 1, negative 1 until end of turn. It also says whenever you lose life, draw that many cards
2: not attached to its prior ability just in general so with crick and this out if you cast anything with black man and pay phyrexia mana for it you're drawing that many cards
1: which is insane. Like you just yeah. like I don't know. Like anything that's like one in a black.
2: Well, I'll just pay one and two life <laughs> and draw two cards. Well, imagine curving out with Crick on turn four and then Villas on turn five, and then all of a sudden you can pay four life, draw four cards, give a creature minus one, minus one until end of the turn.
1: Or you can just cast your spells, pay life instead, and draw cards too. Like yeah. it's pretty insane. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like that interaction a lot. Yeah,
2: there's a lot going on here with Crick, specifically that it. I would only see him as a 4 CMC commander. And the fact that turns all of your other cards that have so many black mana symbols in it into just very, very cheap cards. There's Chaina, 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 Dementia Chana. Master. <laughs> <laughs> he's also a human minion. I yep. guess these minions are all in cohorts. This is the, the mono black one, not the new one. Yeah, not the new one. Uh, he's a 3 uh, 3. And he says, "Nightmare creatures get plus one, plus one. And you can pay black, 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 and then pay three life to put target creature card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. And it's uh, black in the nightmare. And then when Chainer, li- Chainer, Chain I keep saying Chain. When Chainer leaves, all of the nightmares get exiled. But hey, black, six life, pay three life, so nine life, put a creature card on the grave. You need. What if it's of- Kokusho? Yeah, it's a good point. What if it's?"
1: Grey Merchant of Asphodel.
2: Yeah, I think you need to have a lot of good life gain in this deck to make sure you can just go off on the turn that you want to. Because you can play Crick and win the game, right? Yeah, I think so. I think also, you know, cards like Ad Nauseam and we
1: know like cards where you pay life to get resources Uh are very strong because the turn you really can win you don't care if you go down to one life right you look around everybody's tapped out or there's nothing scary or obvious that can happen and you're like yep i'm gonna go for it and yeah i'm gonna pay 22 life
2: but i'm gonna win yeah also if you're like Yog sing your entire graveyard this is a way to make sure that you're able to cast everything yep <laughs> like you could cast get three black mana for two life yeah pretty good and just storm I mean, off yeah it's really good. Yeah. Um, I
1: really like the fact, and I think it's actually more powerful to have cards in your deck that have activated abilities because that guarantees mm-hmm. you reusable ways to take advantage of this for extra. just casting it, yeah. yeah. So the next one is interesting, and I think it would work if you happen to have Crick in a deck that's not Crick isn't the commander. Uh huh.
2: He just happens to be in there.
1: Yeah. So, Blood Celebrant was one I thought of because it's a black mana for a 1 1, but you can pay a black and pay one life and add one mana of any color to your mana pool. And now, Crick kind of makes it so you can pay for oh, x mana yeah. for everything. <laughs> I mean, it's a little bit magical Christmas land because it wouldn't be your commander in yeah. that deck, but still, this is a way to filter that black Phyrexian mana into, into other something
2: else. colored mana, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Blood Celebrant's also just one of those very interesting cards. Yeah. Uh, blood, H- a lot of blood, by the way, in all these <laughs> names. Blood Husk Ritualist. Uh, it's the Vampire Shaman with Kicker, and you can multi-kick it, which is the big one. Anytime, multi-kicker for a black. Multi-kicker for a black, right? And when it is about target, the target opponent, discards a card for each time it was kicked. So you could just layer on the life and make someone shed their entire hand by casting a card like yeah, this. Yeah, I mean,
1: this is a three-drop and it's a two drop if with Crick at two life. Yeah, and you're like, how many cards do you have?
2: Five. Okay, I'll just pay ten life. You have no hand. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's better than like playing any of those sadistic hypnotist types and, and having to sacrifice creatures at sorcery speed. I mean, like that you're losing a creature. This you're just losing life instead of actual cards off the table. So it seems pretty good. And
1: I mean, it happens now. Like you're just like you just lose it. Like sadistic hypnotist, you need to set up and then it takes a little bit of time while you right. do it. And this is just like no, you have no hand. You know, mind twist, very powerful card. Uh, So I want to talk about the Shadowborn Apostles deck because I think Crick goes in there. Now, Crick is not a demon. Nope. That would be crazy.
2: He's just a minion.
1: But the Shadowborn Apostles, being able to play them for two life is great, and you can also activate them
2: ah. for two life to sack six of them and get a demon. So. Yeah, so you're getting free apostles on the battlefield. Not to mention your deck is gaining life in your Shadowborn Apostles deck, right? Uh, It can,
1: but that's not the primary win condition. But again, you don't care as much if the turn you do it, you're kind of going to Go off, or yeah. or you know, you put it out there and you just do it for value a couple times, and you're just waiting in the
2: wings till that one turn mm-hmm. where I'm going to pay 14 life and really go nuts. Well, I mean, if you if you see Crick as just if you can pay him for four mana and you can pay six life off of that, at that point, if you have 20 life left, that's a stent or 21 life, that's 10 extra black mana, and All... usually the, that amount of mana is able to win you the game, right?
1: Yeah, and also remember, Crick has life link, so. Let's say Shadowborn Apostles play it, pay the six mana. Then on the next turn, you're like, mm-hmm. "I'm gonna play four Shadowborn Apostles. I'm gonna not pay for two of them. That's four more life, but f- that gets plus four, plus four to Crick. Now it can swing, mm-hmm. gain you six of that life back, yeah. and so it mitigates
2: that cost a little bit. That's pretty intense. Crick is <laughs> Crick is a meaning, uh, especially if you're gonna play cards like Death Grip. Death Grip. Uh, we talked about it with the
1: unbanning of Painter's Servant, mm-hmm. and I think a Crick deck would definitely have Death Grip and Painter's Servant in it if you're being as mean as possible. Death Grip is black-black for an enchantment, and it says you can pay black-black and destroy...
2: Or counter-target green spell. Destroy
1: a green spell. Oh, sorry, yeah. It's yeah. counter
2: <laughs> counter-target green spell. I do like the original text though. Destroy, I, destroy a green destroy spell, a spell as it is cast on the stack. <laughs> I blow up your spell. That's why kids hated counter spells growing up.
1: But think of how crazy powerful that is. First of all, mm-hmm. even without painter's servant, green is just a very popular color in commander. You play death grip, there's going to be at least two decks that you can counter their spells. Ostensibly counter, yeah. But with crick out, you don't even have to hold mana open. You just have to hold life open. Four mana counter any any green spell, and then with Painter Servant,
2: obviously you say oh, everything's green, green now, yeah, and then, everything can be countered by this. Yeah, yeah, this is definitely not a maker make some friends card. <laughs> I don't think Crick is a make some friends card either. This is this seems like it has the p- potential to be very degenerate. Um, and I think if you're able to gain infinite life, then you're really in the. root. I mean, you're, anytime you gain infinite anything, but
1: I think like the Uncle Carl decks, yeah, the, um, all those life gain decks that we have, also. Etherflux Reservoir, a card we didn't put down, but I just yeah. am thinking it's like, a good point. because Crick allows you to cast more spells than you normally would, yeah, and it negates that life. To actually at a certain point, you probably, probably gain life. life, yeah. yeah. Oh. So Bolus of Citadel, probably another card that mm-hmm. you know just allows you to sort of play off the top of your deck, get more spells into play. Etherflux Reservoir, kind of go
2: nuts, yeah. Anything with a lot of black mana symbols in it, even those like crazy demons that cost five black, 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 black or whatever, or that black, 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 black Frexian dude, like you yep. can just play it. Yep. Just play it. Just eight life. Put yeah, it out. Eight life. <laughs> all right. Next up, we have a uh, a new card that I think, of all the commanders, I may build around this one. It's Anya, Falcon, Wrath. One, a black and a red for a legendary creature vampire with haste. You can tap Anya to discard a card and draw a card. However, whenever you discard a card, if it has Madness, you untap Anya, Falconwrath. The only problem is that there aren't that many Madness cards in Magic's history. They mostly are in black and red, if not all of them. There's a few Um, in green, and I think a few in blue, too. But this is a three-mana, just in general, kind of, you know, card value engine. Yeah,
1: it gets you to cycle through your deck really quickly. Mm -hmm. And then, also, it has haste, which I really like about this card, because you can use it the turn it comes out. And so you can keep different hands maybe than you would maybe you have like an extra land that right. you would normally mulligan or you know don't do this but maybe you you well you keep a three lander yeah and then you, could you potentially... don't draw the fourth land and this can maybe help you find it because it has haste look and then on your turn
2: look again that's you know two extra cards you've looked at yeah how many black red decks actually can do that i mean it's like the commander says you can keep a slightly sketchier hand yeah it's I'm here. definitely
1: tough i mean Red and black have come a long way in the card draw department, but just guaranteeing having Mm -hmm. that I think is very, very powerful. I mean, madness, obviously the main theme because it says it on the card. You don't have to actually cast the madness card either for it to untap, right? You can just tap, discard, trigger madness, be like, nah, I'm not going to pay for it, and still untap Anya just to get the rummaging. Uh, Obviously, if you cast the madness card then you're getting card advantage because you're yeah, getting the effect of the card you cast and still drawing the card. And I think that's you know that's why
2: Menace is so good. But yeah. um, We talked a lot about Anya in our... Uh, there to be four Commanders today that we talked about that we have entire ep- mini-episodes dedicated to, so you can definitely check those out too if you want to see some more interactions. Like uh, Squee. Right.
1: We talk about the interactions that are already in
2: the deck yeah. uh,
1: that come with it in the pre-con. But as far as new interactions that aren't there now that you could maybe put in, Dredge, I think, is a really good mechanic with Anya because... You dredge the card away, and then because you discard before mm-hmm. you draw, and then you can immediately be like, "Oh, I'm gonna dredge for the right. draw," and and do things that way. I think is is pretty cool. Yeah, you can like turbo your dredge out and just
2: keep. You can longer. dredge immediately, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, threshold obviously as well. If you have to have to have a certain number of cards in your graveyard, and reanimation like there's yep. great. This is a great way again in black and red to throw huge scary creatures like Crick, Son of Yakmoth maybe into your graveyard.
1: Uh, another card we really like for this deck is Alhameritz Archive. It is a five-drop artifact that says whenever you draw a card, if it's not the first card... Wait, let me get the wording right. If you draw a card except the first one you draw... There you go. ...in each of your draw steps, draw two cards instead. So now when you rummage, you're discarding your card, drawing two cards. Yeah. Very, very
2: powerful. You also, it also has a gain life thing that isn't going to be super relevant. Maybe it's good for Crick's deck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Uh, Yeah, yeah, the Archfiend of Ifnir is a card that cares about cycling and discarding. I think in a deck like this, you're going to have a lot of madness. You're going to have a lot of cards that want to be discarded. And Archfiend of Ifnir is one of those cards that it just will slowly deplete the entire board. When the the first time it triggers, uh, because every time you cycle or discard another card, you put a minus one, minus one, each creature, your opponent's control. It's not universal, just your opponent's. The first time you do you probably kill like one or two things. The second and third time you do this, especially if you're chaining madness Scare with Anya, you're going to be just basically taking out. Most of the table,
1: yeah, because you can do it three times in a turn. Play Archfiend, activate Anya, discard a madness card. Mm-hmm. And, you know, play it on top, do it, yeah. it again. Yeah, it's it's pretty strong. I think Archfiend particularly good because no mana cost is associated with the ability. This next one is also good, but it does cost you mana, so it's Ruthless Sniper. It's a one black for a one two, but it says whenever you cycle or discard a card, you may pay one generic mana if you do put a negative one counter on target creature. This is sort of low opportunity cost, though, because it's such a low mana cost, mm-hmm. and if you just kill one creature with it. So get on you with this early in the game, pick off some utility creatures, and, you know, it's amazing what
2: a couple negative one counters will do to certain it creatures. It can destroy some creature's yeah. ability. Especially, I mean, we saw this when we were testing it out. We, we were all looking at each other with four eight flying trample indestructibles and it's like it's wait of... what if i make yours a three seven yeah all it... of a sudden it <laughs> sucks compared to mine yep it totally changes the game just one negative one counter so yeah. you know I, I think that that could be a cool interaction all right next up is another really interesting commander um in the naya deck oh by the way if you did not know each of the decks has four new legends three of them are going to be the foily ones that you get uh, the premium cards and then there's one that's uh in two or not as all of the colors of the the primary deck so in the on your deck, it was a mono-black commander. And then the Naya deck, there's a couple. There's one as well, but we'll get to that in a second. Yeah,
1: they, they kind of do this every year, where they, they give you three commanders that out of the box you could just switch between any of them, mm-hmm. and the deck will work. And then they give you one legendary creature in there that you can't actually run as the lead singer because it doesn't have all the colors of the deck. Um, this one is from the Naya deck, like you said. It is all three of the colors, so you could choose straight out of the box to run this. And I did play the deck with this as a commander, and yeah. it does work. I think uh, gear it's better, but it... Totally, like you can do it. If you I, think I, I this, think I won the game. Yeah, that game with it. So it's Atla Polani Nest Tender, one in Naya. So four mana total. One red, green, white for a two-three legendary. Of course, human shaman. You can pay two and tap Atla and create a zero-one green egg creature token with defender. So an, a zero-one sure one defender. A
2: new 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 creature. Never <laughs> seen this one
1: before. Um, yeah, usually uh, red makes, like, zero two 2 dragon dragons, eggs. Yeah. yeah, they turn into dragons. This one, eggs always, like, when they destroy, do stuff, right? Because they're hatching. So this one, when an egg you control dies. By the way, it's any egg. So I yeah. guess if you made an egg...
2: Dragon eggs work, too. Oh, what's that dragon worth landfall make an egg? Oh, I don't know. But I think yes. you get both triggers when it died, right? Yeah, you would. Yeah, because the it turns into a dragon as well as triggers
1: nest. The I didn't nest even think tender. about that until now. That seems cool. We can have egg tribal. But anyway, <laughs> Atlas says whenever an egg you control dies, reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a creature card. Put that card onto the battlefield and the rest of the on the bottom in any order. So you just hatch into whatever the next creature in your deck is. Yeah, can be crazy because you can get an Eldrazi. Yeah.
2: I mean, Savala Stampede is definitely one of those examples where it's like, you don't really want to know what's in their deck sometimes, because it could be very, very scary. This is definitely a Craig Blanchett card if I've ever seen one.
1: Yeah, I think, obviously, there's two things to think about with this card. One is, you want to know what's on top of your deck to give mm-hmm. value. So, top deck mani- manipulation, all the normal, the usual suspects, Sensei's Divining Top, Scroll Rack, blah, 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 right? Yeah. You can't use like the Brainstorm stuff, because you're not in blue. Then you also need to make sure that the eggs die. That's the hard part. Yeah. Because if they see like two eggs over well, there, or they're defenders. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're either I have flying and I'm going over the top, or I'm just not attacking you. Yeah. And so you want sack outlets, just ways to make sure, preferably free ones. Like um, mm-hmm. any of the altars would be probably your best choices there. Uh, and uh, then, and then you. This is a populate deck, and I think populate does work good with the eggs because then you got more things to hatch.
2: Yeah, I think this is good in any of the dinosaur decks if you want to stay thematically on, you know, this is a human shaman taking care of some dino eggs and Gashoth decks are very popular. I actually but... really like that too because a lot of those are enrage decks which mm-hmm. have ways to hit themselves. Oh, right, and these are zero ones.
1: Yeah, so if you had one, something that's a deal one to all your creatures or all creatures, it kills all the eggs. You get and your and also triggers. Get you, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's a good point. Um, a couple cards that sort of double up the triggers on or, yeah, the activated ability on Atlas. so Rings of Bright Hearth and Illusionist Bracers would both make it so that when you tap Atla to make an egg, you could sort of make two eggs. Yeah. Bright Hearth costs mana. Illusionist Bracers, once it's equipped, it just does the thing. Getting a lot of eggs in this deck seems pretty darn good. One thing I really like about it is the classic weakness of token decks mm-hmm. is board wipes. Yeah. Right? Eggs protect you against board wipes, because if you have... 10 eggs out and you turn four of them into creatures but you just leave the other six there and you're like hey listen if you kill if you board wipe i'm gonna get whatever those are gonna hatch into because they're gonna die but if my other creatures are big enough threats that they're currently hurting you
2: you're kind of damned if you do do it yeah you you almost have a little backup plan yeah it reminds me of leroy jenkins when he (laughs) runs into the dragon room with all the eggs and they all hatch (laughs) it's like what are you doing you didn't want to disturb the nest (laughs) All right, the next commander is um, the new Chainer. Yeah, Chainer's back, and now with an additional color of red, so you know I'm happy. It's two of black and a red for a 3-2 human minion. Lots of minions these days. Discard a card. You may cast a creature card from your graveyard this turn. Activate this ability only once each turn. And whenever a non-token creature enters the battlefield under your control, if you didn't cast it from your hand, it gains haste. So he's one of those cards that, again, has all of the text on him. You can discard the creature card that you want to cast. Uh, you discard the card, and then I believe you're able to... Yeah, to you target... can, because it says until end of turn, you can cast one creature out of your graveyard, basically. Yeah, 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 that's right. It you doesn't cast... care. It doesn't target a creature. It doesn't target the card. You can just cast a I... creature from your graveyard this turn. I don't even think it cares if that card's
1: there when this ability is activated. No. You could put it in later and then say, that's well, right. this one." Yeah. You
2: could have this in Anya out, and Anya Correct. could tap to discard something later on that you want to cast. Uh, and then the second part, when that creature comes into the battlefield, if you didn't cast it from your hand or if you reanimated it, uh, it's going to gain haste, which is pretty powerful as well.
1: Yeah, because so you can basically any creature in your hand, you can give haste because you can just discard it to chain or cast it. Yep. And so its kind of default ability is give haste. One thing I also wanted to note what is is the second part it says, um, or sorry, the first part it says, activate this ability only once each turn. So you can activate it on your opponent's turn. Mm-hmm. So if you could, it will not change the timing restrictions. So it doesn't give a creature flash. But if a creature had flash, then you could do it. So seems pretty good. Vidalcan becomes, I think, pretty good in this deck too, because uh, you can on anybody's turn. Oh, discard it, cast flashing, it as though yeah. it had flash, or cast something else that's in my graveyard, discard another card. You don't have to discard the creature you're going to cast, obviously, right? You got Mm -hmm. extra lands. Boom, I'm going to turn that into a creature in my yard. Uh,
2: Play this with Crick. Cast everything. Yeah. (laughs) Dude, Crick Crick is great. Crick Crick is is always just cast everything. Okay, so, oh yeah,
1: this... So if you're giving haste to a creature and sort of casting it and attacking out of nowhere, then in Rakdos, there's a really scary one. It's Master of Cruelties. It costs uh, three black-red... Five mana for a one-four demon has first strike and death touch, but really it says master of cruelties can only attack alone. Okay. When it attacks uh, a player and isn't blocked, that player's life total becomes one. <laughs> master of cruelties assigns no combat damage. So this it can't, combat. Become, can't make their life them one off. and just like, boop, pull but it also out. doesn't have to hit them. It's just when it attacks and isn't blocked, yeah. which
2: I guess is a. it's 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 a first strike death toucher though so it it needs to get blocked but it doesn't want to get blocked um calia has an interesting interaction around this because those two lines of text of only attack alone and one and the second line that makes her life total one aren't connected right so you could just tap her and then poop put out the master cruelties and get someone down to one
1: i mean often with chainer i think it's possible somebody just doesn't have a creature, and you're yep. just like, yeah, boom. Totally. you know, Yeah, because it's going to be like turn five, maybe turn four if you ramped, and it's possible they just aren't
2: ready for it. You just get them. <laughs> it's brutal. You I've just been got get them. I've been before. got, too. It's not
1: fun. <laughs> you're like, Wait a minute. Everyone's at 40, and I'm at one? And then I put it in my deck. Uh,
2: <laughs> we also have the Doomed to Necromancer, Human Cleric Mercenary for two in the black, and you can pay black and tap it to sacrifice Doom Necromancer, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. <gasps> And then you can play the Doom Necromancer from your graveyard again and get more creatures from your graveyard to the battlefield. And because Chainer gives haste,
1: you basically can get any creature out of your yard now for four mana, right? Uh, Hell's Caretaker is
2: basically the same idea. Yeah. The the Chainer text that's really important is that it doesn't matter that you're not casting it for the second bit. It just needs to enter the battlefield from uh, if you didn't cast it from your hand. Actually, you know what's been interesting? What? This affects your commander if Chainer's not your commander that's a really good point it may affect itself i'm not sure how the rules work on that because it's again it's not coming from your hand it's just coming from somewhere else
1: yeah it doesn't yeah it doesn't have to come from the graveyard specifically although that's the obvious interaction but well and that's interesting because we did uh list a couple of cards here so quicksilver amulet Mm -hmm. that's a card that puts something directly into play right it doesn't cast it you just tap it and put it into the battlefield under your control. If it you didn't cast it from your hands, right? Yeah. So it's from your hand, but you didn't cast it. Uh, Stolen Strategy plays cards off the top of your opponent's oh, yeah. libraries. <laughs> That's not from your hand. It's a pet card of yours now. I like it. Uh, another card, Phyrexian Delver. I think this is more like Hell's Caretaker and yeah. um, the other one where it's it uh, reanimates something out of your graveyard, or out of any graveyard, actually. So you can... Um, Kind of get any card for five mana. cost costs you some life too, but I think
2: sack outlets are going to be big in this one too just to get... Just to get anything into the graveyard. The original Chainer is going to be good as well. Anytime you can just pull stuff out of the graveyard and out is going to be very good for again, you. Again, Kokusho with a sack outlet. Yeah. yeah Cast yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Sacket. Oof. You can do that every turn. Ugh. It's brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Black and red in general, again, looking for nice ways to discard stuff. And I think Anya and Chainer, these are cards that go into either deck regardless of which one is your commander. Yeah, because free sacrifice outlet in Anya is just good, because in case Anya dies, Mm -hmm. and
1: all the madness stuff still works with Chainer. Yeah. Yeah, really cool. All right. right. The next one is our preview card. It's Elsha of the Infinite. We're not going to go in very deep here, because, well, you can just go find our preview card video, which was the Jeskai flashback full deck reveal. Mystic intellect. Yeah, we went over a ton of cards for Elsha. She's Uh, pretty powerful. Uh, I like Elsha a lot. Yeah, I think Sensei's Divining Top, Soothsaying, Penance. are probably the two top ones. Penance was a really good find you had. Yeah, that card is nuts. Yeah, that works really well with Elsha. allows you to sort of discard cards from your hand to the top of your library, <laughs> and then you can, of course, cast them with Elsha. Oh, I should read the card just in case you don't watch the preview episode. It's two blue, red, white for a 3-3 with prowess, which means whenever you cast a non-creature spell, it gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. But it also says you may look at the top card of your library... And then you may cast the top card of your library if it's a non-creature, non-land card, and you can cast it as though it had flash. So it's kind of future sight, but only for non-creature,
2: non-lands, but mm-hmm. it also gives flash to that stuff. Uh, yeah, a lot of powerful ways to take advantage of it. More of a Dokinori is the better. All right, <laughs> next up we have Garrard, Weatherlight Hero. He's one of the two color commanders in a three commander deck, so he can't be the lead singer of that pre-con, but it could be something that you want to play. So Garrard, he's actually piloting the Weatherlight in this. Two a red and a white for a 3 3. Legendary creature, human soldier with first strike. When Gerard, or is it Gerard? I think it's Gerard. Darn it. I was just going to let you go. <laughs> when Gerard, <laughs> Weatherly hero, dies, <laughs> exile it and return to the battlefield all artifact and creature cards in your graver that were put there from the battlefield this turn. This is how they're giving card advantage to red and white, by the way. It's, yeah. it's brought back the card in M20. It's how you get There's some. another
1: Savine's whatever yeah, yeah, we'll talk Sevin's about.
2: Savine's recommendation.
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, they're starting to be like, oh, you can't have card draw exactly, but we'll help you bring things back. Yeah, get extra value, which I think is actually a really good way of doing it. This is cool because it's a board wipe deterrent. If Gerard is out with Mm -hmm. a bunch of creatures and stuff, if they board wipe, Gerard will die, But go back to your command zone, but all the rest of your stuff will come back. Mm -hmm. An interesting thing, too, is they've sort of gotten around the whole, like, if your commander dies... You have to put it in your graveyard, mm-hmm. and that makes certain commander certain legendary creatures in the past like kind of bad as commanders, like Alenda and stuff, because you have to let them Rolesque, die. Yeah. Yet to get their trigger, but you—if it's your commander, you don't want to sitting in your graveyard. You want to put it back in your command zone. This says, well, then you exile it, right. and once it goes to exile, you can be like, I'm going to put it in the command zone. Yeah, that's and I still really get nice. the effect. It also does protect this card from the obvious
2: shenanigans uh, of like. Um, Karmic Guide and things like that oh I thought you were talking about the shenanigans that are going to get rid of the artifacts that he'd return to the battlefield because shenanigans removes artifacts (laughs) (laughs) come on man yeah you're right because Karmic Guide is like a classic type of
1: card that would be able to like reanimate Mm -hmm. Gerard when it comes back and just get you in these infinite loops and, and they're probably trying to avoid that so because you have to exile it you're,
2: you can't get it back with the stuff that comes back does that make sense yeah yeah totally i think this is really good too because in red and white your ramp is going to be artifact and so if you have a sack outlet with gerard then you can get rid of him if someone vandal blasts your entire board which is again like one of the only ways that red and white is going to have real ramp in their deck i think there's also tricky stuff you can do because anytime you're bringing back
1: all of something yeah so scrap trawler is a is a card because remember Gerard gets back artifacts not just creatures I think that's really important I think using Gerard with artifacts is probably going to be better even than creatures yeah, I would assume so scrap trawlers an artifact and it says uh, whenever it or another artifact you control is put into a graveyard from the battlefield return to your hand target artifact card in your graveyard with lesser converted mana cost this with um, KCI KCI Clark Clan Ironworks,
2: right, is Start
1: sacrificing things, creating loops. Yeah, exactly. And Gerard can help with that. Now, obviously, Gerard won't come back in an infinite loop
2: because of the exile clause. But just getting everything back one time could be is really Big, yeah. Because yeah. Clark Clan, because it can sacrifice itself. Yep, notably, and it goes to the battlefield
1: too. And and think of just you know you've got like a Thron Dynamo or a Gilded Lotus, a Clark Clan Ironworks, a Scrap Trawler, some other things you can sack everything to itself get a ton of mana sack the carclan ironworks sack gerard all that sump comes back out right if a lot of those are mana rocks they're going to appear untapped mm-hmm. tap them again maybe even recast gerard make mana oh, on the thing nice. eventually the the commander tax might make it so
2: that that's not worth it but you might be able to do that a couple times end up a head-on mana. Even just doing it once and just having the whole combo go off, you could you could have some really explosive turns. Yeah. So Gerard's good at both on protection and if you're going on the aggressive route, I think.
1: So there's a really interesting card that Murph over here found to sort of help this idea, and it's called... What is this called? Sigil of the New Dawn. Sigil dawn. of the New Dawn. dawn. <laughs> it's three and a white for an enchantment. Whenever a creature is put into your graveyard from the battlefield, you may pay one and a white. If you do, return that card to your hand. Hmm. So now it's possible for Gerard to trigger... Put into the graveyard. Yeah, so you get Gerard's trigger, which is like, hey, I need to exile myself and do yeah. this thing, and you go stack the uh, Sigil, Sigil of the, of the New Dawn above that, return it to your hand, but then the Gerard trigger goes off, returns all the artifacts, and now
2: you're not paying the commander tax thing, replay it, and now you might be able to get into some c- right. cool Because dies means it goes to your graveyard. Yeah. The card hits the graveyard, and then it would be comma exile it. So Gerard here, when he dies, this thing boop, goes on the stack. This needs to yep. happen, and then you activate this, and then that's going to take place, and then Gerard's not going to be able to see itself in the graveyard and exile anymore. Right. So I think that works. I think it works, too. Um, We're not judges here, but we like to pretend that we are.
1: Yeah, what's this next one? Enduring oh, Renewal. a similar
2: thing. Yeah, two white-white enchantment. Play with your hand revealed. Uh, uh, and then, if you would draw a card, reveal the top card of your library instead. If it's a creature card, put it into your graveyard. Otherwise, draw a card, and then whenever a creature is put into your graveyard from the battlefield, return it to your hand. So again, Gerard, if you're doing an artifact-y thing, you don't care about the
1: unable to draw creatures type of deal and now you can sort of return gerard to your hand recast it and now if you've got the gilded lotus and the Carclan ironworks you can make mana
2: Mm -hmm. sort of go infinite mana that way again you don't have to go infinite you just go a lot just go a lot yep there'll be more than enough (laughs) all right oh yes it's the red boy someone said by the way and i realize this he has all almost all of the letters of his colors in his name Girred has green, red, and white. Gear H I. And then no, the Conclave Exile. There's like a there's oh, I, I got you. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's the whole name. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. Girred Conclave Exile. He just doesn't have a W in there. Or no, a actually, T. G is for green. H yeah. I
1: white. White red red yeah.
2: Gear Red. Gear red. <laughs>
1: <There> <laughs> okay. Girred is two red, green, white. Five mana total for a two-five human shaman legendary. Of course, when Geared enters the battlefield, create a four-four rhino creature token with trample. And then when Girid attacks, you populate, but the token enters the battlefield tapped and attacking. So at the least, you get your 4-4 Rhino when it attacks, tapped and attacking. So this is a lot of power and toughness, 10 power and toughness you know, on your yeah. first attack, ostensibly.
2: Um, powerful, populate, token, card. He's got a lot going on for him. Uh, obviously, he's the leader of the Primal Genesis deck, I believe it's the Naya one. Yep. Uh, and... We talked a lot about cards that work there, but let's talk about cards that work outside of this. Cards that aren't coming in the precon. Helm of the Host is the first one that came up, and oh boy, this is a spicy one. <laughs> you just get to make a bunch of gearheads. They all come in with more tokens, and then they all attack, and they populate those tokens. Yeah,
1: Helm of the Host makes tokens of the of Geared, which are non-legendary, and then yeah. when they attack, they can... Populate. So you're you're making <laughs> copies of the non legendary tokens. Here's the thing: it's not infinite. People think it's infinite, but the problem is the tokens appear tapped and attacking. Yeah. So those it only happens once, right? You make what three gearids? You attack with all of them. Mm-hmm. That's going to make four more gearids, but those gears that just came in, the four, they're already tapped and attacking. They don't trigger again. Right, right, right.
2: But you will get four more. <laughs> and then the next turn, Green rhino cre- yeah, you create could, more with Helm of the Host and You can just choose. Whatever. Like, I want two gear, it's five rhinos. Yeah. <laughs> my right order at McDonald's. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. So, Helm of the Host makes one per turn, basically. That is a, and then you go meal. up the chain, right? One yeah. per turn? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. So big, I was thinking of key, Blade
1: of Cells when I said three. Sorry, it's just right, one. Right. Yeah. The,
2: the key part of Helm of the Host, again, is that it doesn't create a legendary copy if the equipped creature with Helm is a legendary creature. So it just becomes Ghirid, Conclave, Exile, slightly less exciting. Ghirid, um, I'm trying to think of a clone movie. Oh, <laughs> there have been a lot of clone movies out there. Uh, Ghirid, Clone Wars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a bad one. Dang it. I yeah, know, I chose the worst <laughs> one I could. Uh, obviously
1: you want all the token doublers right so parallel lives doubling season anointed Mm -hmm. procession stuff like that is going to be really good uh this next one does go infinite
2: yeah i've never seen this card before i kind of want to play it in a deck with flash now it i mean it's really good at this deck breath of fury two red red for an enchantment aura enchant creature you control whenever enchanted creature deals combat damage to a player sacrifice it and attach breath of fury to a creature you control if you do untap all creatures you control and after this phase there is an additional combat phase so it doesn't
1: go infinite without any setup, right? You right. have to be able to attack somebody and hit them with your 4-4 trample rhino. Yeah. Because you put this on the rhino. You attack with the rhino and gear it. Gear it makes another rhino. The The first rhino with this attached to it hits the opponent. Breath you, of Fear triggers. You sacrifice that rhino, put it on the new rhino. And then, then you then untap, untap all the creatures. Now you attack and you're in the same position you were just in. Make a, make a second rhino. The first yeah. one hits it, blah, blah, blah. It's infinite technically, but you'd have to have all of your opponents not be able not, to stop one four four trampler.
2: But the nice thing is that trample does get damage through, so sometimes you you might just be able to ice one player because of this. I mean, definitely
1: in playing the precons, often on turn like if you ramped once on turn five, Gyrat is unopposed and can attack anyone and get through. Right. Right. And so if that's the case, you will kill everyone. Yeah.
2: It's and again, it's not geared it just needs to be
1: the trampley Rhino. Yeah. So. Pretty cool. Um, I I some other. Cards, like greater good, I thought would be a perfect card in this deck. Um, you you sacrifice a creature and you draw cards equal to its power and then you discard three cards. Yep. So with the rhinos, you can always... Draw four, discard three. Which is great because you're also filtering past cards you don't want and things yeah. like that. And this is the kind of deck we talked about where you need two pieces, make tokens, populate tokens, and you can get caught if you draw the wrong half of your deck. So being able to even just cycle through a lot of it will make sure you're always on the, on the rails.
2: Yep. And, you know, this deck does need some protection, so why not put in Gerard, Weatherlight Hero? (laughs) Yeah, Gerard would be good in this deck. Although,
1: it doesn't bring the tokens back, right? Because they hit the graveyard and die. But if Gerard comes back, he does
2: come back with a friend, which is nice.
1: I think you're going to want to put like heroic interventions and things like that to protect yourself. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Uh, Lapse of Certainty, a really good one. Don't overlook it. It's the white counter spell. Uh, Okay, we're going to move on and talk about all of the rest of the new legendary creatures from Commander 2019. But before we do, we're going to take a quick break and hear a message from our
2: sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by Audible, which is a leading provider of audiobooks across every genre you can imagine. We've talked about Audible on the show before,
1: and it's a really great service, especially for the summertime. Road trips, hanging out at the pool, going to the beach, all
2: are perfect times to put on an audiobook. Did you know that there's a ton of content for fantasy fans, too? I was talking to a friend recently about his love of Warhammer lore, and lo and behold, I found tons of Warhammer 40k novels. I'm diving into Horus Rising by Dan Abnett, which has been highly recommended as a great place to start in the universe.
1: And right now, you can get a free 30-day trial, which you can cancel at any time. All you need to do is visit audible.com command or text the word command to 500-500
2: to get started. So don't wait. Get listening to a new audiobook on Audible. Whatever genre you're looking for, you'll find some great options there.
0: Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.
2: All right, welcome back. We are talking about Commander 2019 and all of the awesome legendary new creatures, which could be a part of your deck or a commander for your new brew. So let's get moving right on to uh, a black-red option. Black-red getting a lot of love this set, by the way. I'm very happy about that in I actually, general. Actually,
1: this card, when I first looked at it, I thought it was blah, and then I read it, and then I was like, wait, I actually think I want to build this now. Really? Yeah. No, so here we go. This one surprised me.
2: All right. It's Grevin, Predator Captain. Three of black and red for a 5-5 five, five legendary creature, Human Warrior with Menace. Grevin gets plus X plus zero, where X is the amount of life you've lost this turn. And whenever Grevin attacks, you may sacrifice another creature. If you do, you draw cards equal to that creature's power, and you lose life equal to that creature's toughness. So he's got Menace, he wants to attack, and anytime you lose life, he gets bigger and bigger.
1: See, when I first saw it, I was like, eh, an attacky commander, not really my thing. Mm-hmm. But the more I thought about it, this whole thing where when it attacks, you sacrifice a creature and draw a bunch of cards, and it also pumps up Grevin. Yeah. Seems really powerful, because one of the downsides of aggressive attacky decks are they run out of gas, because mm-hmm. they use their resources to hit the opponent. This one uses his resources to get more resources to hit the opponent. Also hard to block yeah, Menace. Yeah, I mean, well yeah, that so the first card that we sort of thought of for this, well actually the first card was Crick, son of Yogmach, because you can pay for Rexy mana, and that is loss of life, which pumps ah, Grevin.
2: Yes, that's a good point.
1: So put that card in the Grevin deck. But also, you wanna give Grevin unblockable. It if it has menace, you can that's going to be available as attack but not always so maybe you want something like um what's the what's the cloak that whisper silk cloak that kind of stuff yeah 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 so i would put in a few you know maybe some rogues
2: passage although that's an, that's an expensive way to do it or make him just massive with uh battle tricks so teamer battle rage uh just has him just be double strike well double strike for sure who's, right because who's ever going to block this guy if you have double strike it's
1: Well, but they have to because if you attack and sacrifice a creature and draw a bunch of cards and now he's like an 11-11. Yeah. If you double strike, they're dead. Right. So they almost have to double block it if they can in that instance.
2: Well, if you're using creatures with huge toughness and huge power, or just huge power and low toughness, of which there are a lot in red, then you're drawing a bunch of cards, and then, boom, you're actually not losing that much life. So, I mean, again, it's one of those things where it's like, there's going to be a good chance that the person you're attacking, and the same goes for, you know, gear red and all these other attacking commanders, they're not going to have blockers. Yeah, I like... enough blockers.
1: I like that you pointed that out, because that was the second thing it took me a second to notice, which is you draw cards... So, when it attacks, you sacrifice a creature. You draw cards equal to that creature's power and then lose life equal to that creature's toughness. Hmm. So you can set up a situation where you sacrifice a creature and you draw six cards and only lose one life. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of creatures in red that do it, so Impestuous Devils is two red red for a 6-1 Trample Haste. It has a bunch of text, but that doesn't matter. You just want... That's four mana. Draw six cards. Lose one life. It's pretty good. Yeah, really good. There's a bunch of cards like Ball Lightning. There's um, oh yeah, the the classic, just like get out there and trample over with some damage red cards. Lightning Skeletal, I think, was in uh, Modern Horizons. So mm-hmm. this is something that you can do to just keep your hands full, uh, handful at all times, and also be pretty efficient about the way that you're drawing cards and not take a bunch of life. However, you could also have some cards in there that are like you know just massive buck. five five six sixes yeah. and then if you give a double strike just dead you just you just want to hit kill them so i like grevin, i think i a lot like the idea here, of yeah. like
2: i'm going to kill people with commander damage after i've talked so much trash about commander damage <laughs> 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 well nice thing with, again with grevin is you get to choose with the cards you draw, If you're going to go for big card draw low loss of life or if the the board is ready to get hit by grevin then go for big loss of life to make him bigger and card draw as well on top yeah, It is dangerous because you do have to attack and any creature that says,
1: or any commander that says yeah. that is just less powerful than the ones that don't have to but attack. that's that
2: black-red lifestyle.
1: <laughs> Alright, the next legendary creature, the new one is Grismald, the Dread Sower. 1 green-black 3 mana total for a 3-3 legendary Troll Shaman. Has Trample. At the beginning of your end step, each player creates a 1-1 green plant creature token. Hmm. So you get one, but so does everybody else. But it says, whenever a creature token dies, put a 1-1 counter on
2: Grismald. Uh-huh. So, so it slowly gets better, has Trample. Yeah, it gets bigger and bigger, especially if your players are attacking each other. They're using their little free tokens to block at the beginning of your end step. So it's only once per, per turn cycle. But yeah, creature tokens dying seems pretty good. Yeah, I mean... It pretty, happens pretty often, especially in decks that want, want them to die.
1: Everybody's going to get one. So it's really interesting to try and figure out how to use that to your strategic advantage. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to want the token doublers again, doubling season, parallel lives, maybe even primal vigor, which would kind of go a little bit crazy because when they... Oh. It, it, it gives them all two, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Instead of vigor just yourself too, not, yeah. Primal so... vigor is a, a doubling season that's a symmetrical effect. But everyone's getting it, so party. Yeah, so you get... Two, everybody gets two. Um, but that could be good. I think you're going to build this deck with the idea that I'm giving creatures to my opponents. I'm going to make that a disadvantage or at least negate that advantage. Yeah. But at least you get twice as many plus and plus of <clears throat> counters too, by the way. Because Primal Vigor just definitely, it just ramps you up hard. Well, the, that's a good point. But the creatures have to die for Grismald to get the counters. So there's a whole bunch of like like Pestilence. Yeah. Uh, oh, right, right, right. There's a bunch of enchantments that just have uh, kind of have static effects. So, Knight of Souls Betrayal, two black-black for a legendary enchantment. All creatures get negative one, negative one. Uh-huh. That's a board wipe. Or at least a plant wipe. And, yeah, so create the tokens, they'd immediately die, and you get four plus one plus one counters on Grismald. So, it's just a 7-7 seven, seven at that point. If you had Primal Vigor out, it's an 11, 11. Well, it's negative one, so it's a 6-6 six, six or a 10-10. Yeah. Uh, it's massive. Yeah. There's also... There's also stuff like um, Illness in the Ranks, which basically does the same thing.
2: A uh, really interesting one is Thornbite Staff.
1: Yeah. Because
2: Grismald's a shaman. That's right. So shamans get the extra untap ability because of Thornbite Staff. and Literally so it's a Kiki-Jiki card.
1: So, yeah, so you can tap kill the 1-1. One, one. It untaps it, do it. And so you can just gun down kind of um, what's the goblin that does goblin that. Goblin Sharpshooter. Yeah, so you kind of Goblin
2: Sharpshooter all the plants, make Grismald really huge yeah it's an interesting commander. I don't think this is a great one for the 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 lead of your deck, even if you're making you know a thousand different
1: it's a it could be fun, but I don't yeah, think yeah, it's, it's gonna a... be super powerful yeah uh, speaking of fun, this is one that Murph threw out that's gonna it's fecundity oh, which boy. says anytime a creature dies that player, the controlling player draws a card okay so you can get really just so so switches. everyone like. <laughs> wants to be
2: yeah it's like a group hug token deck, i guess so. <laughs> yeah i mean it makes sense it makes sense if you want to do silly things in black and green I, again it's not super powerful but i could see this leading to again if you built a deck that was just like fun times with grismald mm-hmm. and occasionally you just smack someone out there with it then yeah <clears throat> could be interesting all right let's move on to the next one. Oh boy every time i see this now i just can't help but reading it in props voice because it's a snake it's a naga it's kadina slinking sorcerer <laughs> one black green and a blue for a three three legendary creature naga wizard The first face-down creature you cast each turn costs three less to cast. And whenever a face-down creature enters the battlefield under your control, draw a card. So it is a new Morph Commander, but this time in Sultai. Makes each of your first Murphs each turn uh, cost nothing, and then you draw a card. So card advantage. It ramps you in some way.
1: Very powerful. A lot of people talking about this card. It is pretty straightforward on the surface, though. Morphs and Manifest are kind of your two ways. Mm -hmm to get face down creatures to come into play um however there are other things you can do so Kadina only um reduces the cost of the first morph you play each turn oh. but there are other cards that reduce costs so dream chisel is Never one heard of this card by the way it's two mana for an artifact face down creature spells
2: you play cost one last to cast okay well what if you pair that up with Ugin, the ineffable yep which makes uh colorless spells cost two less to cast so now all of a sudden you're Playing free
1: morphs, okay. just Okay. not just the first one. Every one uh, that you play is going to be free. Heartless Summoning is another one that reduces the cost of your creature spells, but it gives your creatures negative one, negative one, which you don't care about the size of morphs that At much. At least they don't kill your morphs. Right, exactly. Yeah. You can still flip them up. They'll still get the abilities. That is pretty powerful. <clears throat> also, another thing to note, similar to Chainer, this card says the first face-down creature spell you play each turn, each turn. It right. Is three less to cast. Can be another player's turn as well. So lay Leyline of Anticipation become great because play a morph on my turn, draw a card. Play a morph on Jimmy's turn for free, draw a card. Yeah, keep doing that, becomes very very powerful. Uh, this next card I want to say was suggested by at Guess Who's a Ninja on Twitter. I'll let I'm you guess. I'll let you guess who's yeah. a ninja, I guess they are. Well, ninjas aren't supposed <clears throat> to be known. They're so maybe. To be <laughs> Yeah, maybe they're just like totally, it's a meta play. Like, you wouldn't guess them because they said guess who's a ninja, but they're actually the ninja. They're actually the ninja. Yeah, got them. It's uh, Words of Wind. Two and a blue for an enchantment. You pay one mana, and the next time you would draw a card this turn, each player returns a permanent he or she controls to its owner's hand. Oh, my goodness. So it's brutal because you're going to return a morph card that you either cast for free already or are going to cast for free and draw a card off of. Everybody else is going to have to return an actual uh, permanent they yeah. control. It,
2: you know, that's bad. That's tempo lost big time for them. It's a lot of bouncing. Even if they're just getting rid of a land because they don't want to get rid of their creatures, it's still really good because you are removing a card regardless, and it's any permanent on their battlefield now. Yeah, so that's that can be mean
1: pretty fast, especially if you if you get your uh, Dream Chisel and your Ugin going. Yeah. Then you just, and you're just playing them for
2: free. and Just need that activation uh, brutal. cost. Brutal, yeah. That is pretty brutal. Yeah, I like Kadena a lot. I think if you're looking for another morph commander that isn't Animar, this is the one to go because the Animar build seemed to be pretty linear in terms of what they're doing, but there are a lot, new, a lot of new morphs in this set, including a lot of ones in the black color pie. Mm-hmm. So make sure you check those out for Kadena as well as there's an artifact that taps and adds a manifest creature. You can manifest a card from your hand, which again counts as a face-down creature entering the battlefield, so yep. you draw a card off of Kadena then too. All right, the next
1: legendary creature is Marisi breaker of the coil one and naya one red green white so four mana total for a five four legendary cat warrior i know people like cats your opponents can't cast spells during combat not just your combat but any combat any combat yep it's kind of cool whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player goad each creature that player controls and what goad means is until your next turn those creatures attack each combat if able and attack a player other than you, if
2: able. Yeah, I piloted this as the commander of the Nia deck just to see how it worked, and it turned out great. Goading is awesome. It's super annoying, because it would be like Jimmy would get through,
1: and then all your stuff's goaded. Yeah. And what that means is you have to attack with it and attack not Jimmy, which is sometimes bad because you don't have good attacks, but also bad because you can't hold anything back to block, so the next time he attacks you can't block them, so yep. you get goaded again. And it just kind of snowballs. And it's
2: whenever any of your creatures you control deals combat damage, not just your commanders. So you can kind of just go, all right, I'm going to attack you with Trampler here, a small thing here, a flyer there, or whatever. And now every single player has to swing at each other. Yeah, it, it generates a lot of hate for you, but man, it can get life totals down really fast. And in the Nia deck, I think that's kind of what you want to do. Yeah, I liked that aspect. Like, the game is going fast. Life totals are going down.
1: And after a while, nobody can block because they're all attacking on their yeah. turns. <laughs> uh, so I think this this deck wants like s- small events creatures because you want to hit all of your opponents yeah um i think
2: that's kind of a big flyers thing. anything that can get around Tr- tramplers as well i mean this is again in the gear deck so it's going to be making big creatures that are going to get through regardless and i know i keep talking about this card
1: you know because it's a card we've never talked about in the past but vidalcon Ori, really good in this deck because your opponents can't cast spells during combat yeah so you go into your combat phase if you have Flash, you cast anything, it will happen. Mm-hmm. They can't counter you during that. Oh, that's that. a good point. They can't interact with you during that point. So I think They're that combat as well. They're combats too. So you're just like, during combat, if I have Flash, I'm safe. They can't do stuff.
2: Yeah. 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 So pretty cool. Um, it's very good for combat tricks, by the way. If you're just like, all right, here comes Marcy, and then we're just going to pump him up make him super Voltron-y, then
1: I kind of wish Goad Bye.
2: stacked. See, I think that's the part.
1: Like, it doesn't scale well. Later into the game, like I wish if you hit them with two creatures, they'd be go- goaded for this turn
2: and next oh, turn gosh. or something. Maybe okay. you'd be too All good. Right. All right, But yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Red white needs the help, but it well. does. Yeah, let's would not... that make
1: it overpowered?
2: I think so because you, I, I think you'd find ways for people to just lock. I mean, it would feel very bad if you were locked out of your combat set for the rest of the game because you're not locked who... out. You're just not getting to choose who you're attacking. Truly, truly, yeah. True. yeah, I think it'd just be too much
1: accounting. Like yeah, wait, that, how... yeah, yeah. How many turns? left many turns do I have left left on left? On the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably the problem.
2: Okay, so um let's move on to the next one yeah let's move on to maybe my least exciting commander choice it's pramicon sky rampart which is funny because i know some people are going to think this is the best card of the entire thing really I, it's, I people love walls man okay wall tribal dude but it's Blue, not wall tribal it's true it goes just, in the wall it's, Tribal it's, it's, deck. it's a defender it can't actually go in the wall tribal deck either <laughs> arcades is banned yeah it's true it can just be in the wall deck so it's it's just guys big wall it's red red blue and a white for a 1-5 legendary creature wall with flying and defender as pramicon enters the battlefield choose left or right each player may only attack the nearest opponent in the chosen direction and planeswalkers controlled by that opponent uh i think they added new text to say nearest opponent because in case it's like i'm here and you're across the table right. and one person gets eliminated you're the nearest you're not necessarily the next, the next player yeah. just to, just to <clears> clarify <throat> that um, slows down the game a lot
1: yeah yeah we've we've seen Too this on much, the battlefield a few times and it's just like a lot of times what happens is nobody's really doing much because your good attacks aren't in the direction that was chosen yeah and
2: if they are, then great. But or only one player is getting hit be because
1: the person who played Pramicon chose, like, oh, you're scary. I'm going to make sure you can't hit me. You have to yeah. go that way. And then, yeah, that makes it tough. There's an interesting interaction with Mystic Barrier, which is four and a white. And it's an enchantment that does kind of the same thing. When it enters the battlefield, you choose left. Or at the beginning of your upkeep, you choose left or right. Oh. And each player may only attack the opponent nearest them in that direction. So
2: if you choose left with Pramicon and right with this, no one can attack? Yeah. That sounds about right, (laughs) because they can only attack left, and now they're saying they can only attack right, which means they just can't attack at all.
1: I think goad is really good with this, because you force people to attack, and if they have good attacks, they're dealing damage to each other. If they're not, then they're running their creatures into stuff that eats it, and that's bad, too. And Mm -hmm. after a while, everybody's tapped out, except you, because you're not
2: getting goaded. And they're attacking each other and just dealing damage to each other, but you can still block. If there's only one player left, and you did that left-right thing, do you think it would still work? Because it both kind of ends up on the same player. Oh, that's interesting. I think are it, you
1: left or are you right of me? I think it me? still works. Because you can does. only attack yeah.
2: in the nearest, in the chosen direction. So they, they literally just cancel each other out. Yeah, we need a judge for that, for that yeah, question. We do. We, we often need judges. Uh, um,
1: <laughs> the Yeah, one more card to mention really quick is Fumiko the Low Blood, which is two red-red for a 3-2 legendary human samurai. Fumiko the Low Blood has Bushido X while where X is the number of attacking creatures. This means whenever uh, this creature blocks or becomes blocked, it gets plus X, plus X until of turn. That's not the important part. The important part is creatures your opponents control attack each combat of able, which there's a bunch of cards that do that. Yeah. Uh, I think that's good with Pramicon because,
2: again, you're forcing action where they can only go in one direction. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And you're generally choosing it to take the big threat off of you or to point the big threat at someone else. Yeah,
1: definitely. You're looking around the table going, well, that person is the scariest as far as attacking. Yeah, So I'm going to point them away from me. And now everybody has to attack and do stuff.
2: Yeah, it's actually interesting because the attack step is usually one that we kind of scoff at and just kind of, yeah, it's good, it's important, but it's not as important as just casting big, important spells. Uh, and now this really cards like that really make the attack step important because normally you could just skip over it, but if you're forced to do stuff like goading, it has actually has a really big it impact. It makes your
1: Oracle of Moldiahs and stuff like that way worse, right? Because you're yeah. like, well, crap, I have to attack with it, and it's just going to die now because they're going to block it. I think in general, though, Pramicon is a card that slows down the game and if that is what your deck wants to do, then that could be an inclusion in. I'm not mm-hmm. sure to you want to build a deck
2: around it, though. Yeah. I mean, Jeskai, you do need more time in general to sort of set up your engines, I think. so. All right, the next commander is Rayami, first of the fallen, one
1: and Sultai, one black, green, blue for a 5-4 vampire legend, of course. If a non-token creature would die, exile that card with a blood counter on it instead. That uh-huh. right there is... Text that matters. Playing mm-hmm. against your Fenza deck a lot. It just, matters. It's amazing how often it's just super annoying that you're like, oh, there's just random gra- graveyard hate out there. Yeah. I, Consistent,
2: too, and it yeah. targets from... Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Forget all your recursion crap because you can't like sack stuff and then <laughs> recur it, right? Because it's going to get exiled with blood counter on it. So it also says, as long as an exiled creature uh, card with a blood counter on it has flying... Do this in one breath. Rami has... Fir- okay, sorry. Let me try again. <laughs> As long as an exiled creature card with a blood counter on it has flying, Rayami First of the Falling has flying. The same is true for First Strike, Double Strike, Death Touch, Haste, Hexproof, Indestructible, Lifelink, Menace,
2: Protection, Reach, Trample, and Vigilance. Woo! It's a lot of text. Turns out Magic's had a lot of keywords over the years. Um, This is interesting. It is a Voltron commander that seems like it wants to be more of a hate bear in terms of getting rid of like a graveyard hate card. Uh, you put a good point on the, the thing. Why can't it give it to all your creatures like Audric does? Like seriously, Audric gives the abilities to all your stuff, and you don't have to jump
1: through as many hoops either. Yeah. Like, this
2: you have to like kill stuff, get in the graveyard, exile it. Yeah, blah, Rayami blah, blah. just by itself does nothing. And it affects yourself. So I guess it would be like, all right, do I need to play a really cheap indestructible creature in the in the hexproof one so I can sack them so Rayami gets these things? Yeah. I just eh. But yeah, what are you gonna do? Build your deck? Yeah, I don't know. It it seems
1: it seems really hard to pull off anything super cool, right?
2: Yeah, it seems like it's the first line. So if you notice, a lot of these new commanders have multiple lines of text, and they usually try and uh, interact and synergize with each other, which I think is really good design. In this case, neither of the steps... I mean, I, the top line is more interesting than the second one for me. Yeah, by, for By sure.
1: far. It's going to be way more useful, for sure. Yeah. All right, well... Sorry, we're not not huge fans of
2: that one. Well, there's another kind of meh one coming up for me, at least. It's Savin, the Chronoclasm. It just costs too much mana. Two and Jeskai, blue, red, and white for a 2-2. Legendary creature, human, wizard. Prevent all damage that will be dealt to Savin. And whenever you cast your first instant or sorcery spell from a graveyard each turn, copy that spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. Vodogonori. Vodogonori. Every single turn, do it once. Flashback. anticipation. Flashback. Uh,
1: Retrace. Another. Retrace. Cast things from your graveyard. Right. Staffcaster Mage, Torrential Gearhulk, both allow mm-hmm, you to cast mm-hmm. things out of your graveyard. Those are obviously going to be good. Um, I, I, I actually think the first line of text is getting a little bit ignored, and it can be quite abusable. So, board wipes that are um, damage-based, yes. Blasphemous Acts, Earthquake-type spells, that's going to leave uh, Savine around.
2: Yeah. yeah and yeah, yeah, so...
1: Yeah that's pretty cool, especially since this is not likely to be a high creature count deck. You're not going to be killing a lot of your own stuff, but you you don't like to kill your commander in those instances. There's also a five mana 2-2,
2: two, two, so it's pretty vulnerable, so you want to be able to protect it, which is nice. All damage that will be dealt to it is prevented. I mean, it can block forever because it doesn't take right, damage. Right, right. Uh,
1: there's also two cards that are pretty interesting with it, Pariah and Pariah's Shield. I'll read Pariah. Pariah's Shield is an equipment version of the enchantment. So mm-hmm. this enchantment is two and a white for an enchantment aura, enchant creature. All damage that would be dealt to you. Is dealt to enchanted creature instead. Ah. Oh. So Savin so can't actually take damage, so boom, you just redirect all damage, basically prevent all damage that would be dealt to you. Yeah. Uh, the shield, Pariah's shield, is equipment does the same thing.
2: You could do like giant damage based effects like fireballs and stuff. Earthquakes? Something hits yeah. everybody? Hits everyone and then all of it just Savin so just sits there and tanks it. Just, oh, yeah. And you
1: use your flashback. Um, your flashback re retrace stuff as yeah. like value, get rid of control everything until you can kinda Yeah go
2: off. It seems like a very controlly deck. Um Savin costing this much is a bit of a bummer, but maybe at that point you can prep your graveyard so that when Savin comes out you make it maximum use of all your double cast spells from there. I agree. Savin could have been
1: one and just guy, right? Four mana, and I mm-hmm. think this would be quite a bit better. Five should, is two, honestly. Yeah, five is a lot and and it requires setup to take advantage of, so coming out early doesn't do a ton for you Yeah, because you still got to get stuff in your graveyard. So, I agree. All right, we've got uh, two left. I'm gonna take, oh, did you read the last one or did I? Uh, I read the last oh, one. Oh, it's my turn then. It's Tongarth. You're still tired from doing it all in one breath. Yeah, <laughs> still haven't caught my breath. We've got Tongarth First Mate. Two red-green, four mana for a 5-5 Minotaur Warrior. Legend, of course. Tongrath, first mate, can't be blocked by more than one creature. Whenever an opponent attacks with one or more creatures, if Tongarth is tapped, you may have that opponent gain control of Tongarth a- until end of combat. If you do, choose a player or planeswalker that opponent is attacking, and Tongarth is attacking that player or planeswalker. So, boy, <laughs> a lot of words. A lot of words. So, Jimmy goes to combat on his turn. I'm playing Tongarth, and he is tapped. Jimmy goes to attack. I go... I'm going to give you control of Tongarth, oh. but you don't actually get to decide what it's doing. I get oh. to decide uh, that it's tapped and attacking. And, you know, let's say Jimmy was attacking two players, mm-hmm. I get to assign which player or planeswalker it's attacking. So you kind of can use other people's combat steps.
2: Yeah, it's got this weird old-school menace as well. Oh, no, no, sorry. It's, it's the anti-menace. It can only be blocked by one or more creature. But not more than one creature. Sorry. Right. So. Well, I think what you want to do is give it menace because then it can't be blocked at all, right? At all, Because yeah, then it has something that says together. you have to attack with two creatures, but you yeah. can't... Or you have to block with two creatures, but you can't block with two creatures, so you just can't block it. Um... Yeah, and it's kind of interesting because you get to choose whether an opponent takes that creature and where they attack. So if it, like, for instance, like Assault Suit, sometimes people just be like, all right, well. Like, I'm not attacking anyone. Yeah, it's not, yeah. Or it's not a good attack. Here with Tonga, I think, like, you know what you're attacking? That's a good attack. I like it. I'm going to give this to you then. The only problem is that people don't attack too much in Commander these days. I found in our metas, yeah. at least. So. Yeah, You definitely can't
1: count on everyone attacking every turn. So maybe you get, yeah. like, one extra attack with Tongarth in sometimes. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's not. Because the dream is... It's a 5-5. Five five. I attack with it, hit you for 5. Somebody attacks, hits you, now that's 10, 15 Blasting. on my turn if I can bump it by 1. In one rotation table, I can command or damage you out. But that dream is not likely... Because you rarely see a rotation of the table where everyone attacks. Yeah. You rarely see a rotation of the table where two players attack. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, from, like, doing game nights for so long, I would say that is a rarity. Combat doesn't actually occur that often in games and of Commander. if it does, it's
2: early and for, like, small pieces of damage. It's chip damage, yeah. yeah. Later in the game, definitely things slow down and less people unless are you're, Unless you're playing straight up Voltron.
1: So I think in a in a Tongarth deck, though, that's what you would want to do. You would want to play with Goad. Right. Make people, people attack. attack. Yeah. So Disrupt Decorum is one we like. It just goads all Everyone. of everybody's creatures. Yeah. And that's going to guarantee, if, as long as they have creatures, an attack step on every person's turn. So that may be a situation where, you know, if you could pump Tongarth up a little bit, you'd get to the point where, like, Jimmy has to attack, DJ has to attack, yeah. Mel has to attack, I attack on my turn. And that's four swings with Tongarth to maybe kill someone um grenzo havoc razor is a red red for a two two. Oh right whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player choose one go target creature that player controls exile the top card of that player's library until end of turn and you may cast that card and you may spend or mana of any color to cast it so you hit with time garth and then you go to creature that player controls and that's
2: going to guarantee you at least a combat where they're going to attack yeah someone other than you and you could use tongarth yeah, and they there. don't gain you don't keep control of tongarth because you're literally passing the control arm but you are again guaranteeing those attacks yeah i think uh you got to be careful so you want to pump tongarth
1: up assault suit is a good one sword ofs are a good one. i think in general mm-hmm. equipment are good but you want to check the wording so you want if you give it an enchantment and the enchantment gives the creature an ability That will go to the player that controls Tangarth. And they're able to use it. And they're able to use it. Whereas like a Sword of is your sword, even though Jimmy has control of the creature during his combat while uh, I'm using his attack step, kind of. And so the Sword of trigger is still mine. I don't accidentally untap all Jimmy's lands. Yeah. <laughs> you know, something like that.
2: Yeah. Again, I think the best part about this is that you get to choose that the opponent gets it. So if they have a sack outlet or a way to get rid of Tongars, you, just, you, don't give you it. just don't give it to them. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. Uh Helm of the Host, also I think good on Tongards Oh, Because yeah. you, you get two or three of them and, and all then of a sudden. All of a sudden, the goat, yeah. Helm yeah. of the host may be actually the best card in that deck now that I think about it. Just so you can give five Tongars to someone at some point. I have all my Tongars. I don't care if they die. Yeah. Everyone's a like, crap. Five fives can only be blocked by then one. I think no sure. one's
1: attacking because they don't want to give you that. So then yeah. you really need goad. Sure. You need Fumiko.
2: You need Fumiko. Yeah. All, All right. right, last one? Last one, and maybe maybe my favorite. We'll see in a okay. second. It's Volrath the Shapestealer, two black, green, and a blue for a 7-5 legendary creature shapeshifter. At the beginning of combat on your turn, put a minus one, minus one counter on up to one target creature, and then you can pay one mana. Until your next turn, Volrath becomes a copy of target creature with a counter on it, except it's a 7-5 and it has this ability. So it always will keep this ability... Uh, and it becomes a creature until your next turn so if you do it on your turn it'll go all the way through your turn and, until your next but more importantly it becomes a 7-5 target copy so it still has a 7-5 and it can target anything with any kind of counter on it creature wise right. so it could be a minus one minus it could be a plus one plus one counter
1: yeah it could be a fake counter yeah it doesn't care as long as it's got a counter and it doesn't have to be your creature it can
2: be anybody's creature what's the oblivion stone counter Oblivion the counters, Oblivion
1: counters, I have no counters idea. yeah. Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> Someone's <laughs> on oh, my things. it is a fake counter. Okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. So this, I think, there's a bunch of combos that are similar to like Necrotic Ooze combos, Marisil. right? Um, mimeoplasm, this type of thing, because you can stack. Remember, Volrath pay one becomes a, top, a copy of that creature, but still has the ability to change again. So there's ways to like turn into this for a second. do Do something, something, turn into another thing, do something, and you can sort of assemble some combos that way.
2: Yeah, I like Devoted Druid. Um, I I do like the minus one, minus one kind of stuff, too. Just, like, if you're able to put a Halpatra kind of card in this deck and get a lot of targets, the the big thing is that it keeps it 7-5-ness, so you could have, like, a small utility creature just be a massive beater. Yeah. Right. I mean, Black Sun Zenith is great, right? You activate it for one, put one negative one counter on everything, ah. and now
1: Volrath can just turn it into anything that's out there. Yeah. Yeah, Serrated Arrows is another one. Just tap and put a negative one counter. Mm-hmm. A mm-hmm. lot of the um, Hapatra cards do work good. One I like a lot is Vati Il Dal, which you tap it and gives a creature one toughness, so now uh-huh. Volrath just kills things at the beginning of combat, you know? Because you don't have to put a negative one counter
2: with the express purpose of I want to copy that. You can also yeah. be, I want to kill that. Or kill yeah. that thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah Vol- so voreth Vol- has a lot of flexibility i think the combo potential of this kind of deck is really high although it requires a bit of a setup i mean you know i think an obvious thing is like you find two things
1: one has double strike and one has some kind of pump ability yeah and you sort of pump it with the pump ability and then it remains a 7-5 so if you give it plus 5 plus 0 with some kind of pump ability and then you turn it into a creature with double strike, it's going to hit for 24. Yeah, when that we're all copying Zetalpas with our yeah, yeah. You managed to get a Volrath copy of Zetalpa, and we realized, oh, crap, it's, it's a 7-5. Seven seven five. Five. Yeah, it's actually got <laughs> but more damage. It's still and, got flying, double strike, yeah, trample, it's just, indestructible. indestructible of vigilance, yeah. yeah.
2: So, pretty good. <laughs> pretty cool, pretty cool. All right. Um all right, let's move on to the end of the episode where we get to talk about our favorite overall new commander and we what we believe is the most powerful new commander. Yeah, let's so. start with favorite. Okay, let's look here oh, and we'll a lot each of decide. Choices.
1: I think I have my favorite. Okay. Um I'll let you go first cuz I don't think we should say them at the same time for yeah. this one.
2: Mine is Volrath. I, I love the idea of a shapeshifter in these Sultai colors as well as one that can copy anything and stay the giant size that it is and it just has interaction that can just sometimes kill things. So Volrath I think is if I was going to build a Sultai deck, uh, I would do Volrath. I have two. I'm ha- having trouble deciding between. And the interesting thing is they're both Ractos, and
1: I don't have a Rakdos deck. I don't mm-hmm. own one, so that's cool. I mean, I'm gonna build. I'm gonna have a Ractos Ractos deck soon. Soon, yeah. Maybe um, my Vegas. Maybe. Nah, maybe not. We'll see. I don't have time to. It's it's tough with game nights to have time to actually put it together. But <laughs> it's either Anya or Greven. I think I'm gonna go with Grevin. I think I want to do. I do want to kill some people with commander damage. <laughs> I mean, Grevin is a very fun way of doing it, and yeah. you get to draw a lot of cards, which is, as of course, your favorite. But Anya is tons of value with the rummage, so yeah. it's yeah, hard yeah, yeah, to yeah. turn that down. I think both seem pretty cool. Now let's talk about what we think is the most powerful, not necessarily our favorite.
2: Um, this scoop one, I think we scoop should. Them up. I think it's going to be the same answer. Okay, three, two, one, Crick, Crick. son of Yawgmoth. Yeah. It's because he's related to Yagamoth, who's a
1: very powerful person. <laughs> Crick is just for Xy mana is just inherently broken and there just seems so many ways to take advantage of that. And Mono Black already so good. Yeah, and it's a four mana commander too. That's mm-hmm. why I'm looking at it at it as so. Cheener may be close behind that. Nightmare um, Adept, really? Yeah, I think so.
2: What about uh, Tongarth, first
1: mate? Uh no, but seems fun. <laughs> Tongarth reminds me of Zancha, which is a cool deck. Yeah, yeah, true, true. All right, to the listeners. What is your
2: favorite new legend from Commander 2019 that you're excited to build a new deck around? Or will you? And if you do, make sure that you go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone. Again, they are running a special promo right now with our Lifelinker Life app. If you order the Commander 29 sealed product, you're going to get a special code to unlock both the Card Kingdom logo as well as four brand new backgrounds that are going to be cool gradient-themed colors that match up with the deck's So make sure you do that. This is the only way to get those two. This is the only way to get them. Yeah, so make sure you use our affiliate link
1: and get on that soon before time runs out.
2: Time promo.
1: Yep. And while you're there, you should check out Ultra Pro products as well. They definitely support our show. They provide all the products we show off during game nights. They have awesome playmats, sleeves, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, deck boxes, mm -hmm. dice, relic tokens. And right now, they have the Commander 2019 theme stuff out there. So if you build a Kadena deck, you can have a Kadena playmat, sleeves, and deck box to go along with it. That actually seems pretty sweet. That does seem sweet. All right, now it's time for the end step where we talk about something cool outside the world of magic. I have one.
2: Oh, thank goodness.
1: I I don't think we already talked about it. Did we talk about Stranger Things yet? Uh, Not season three. Yeah, so season three of Stranger Things is out. If you remember, season one we loved. Yeah, we were all stoked about it. One of my favorite, season one's like one of my favorite seasons of any television show ever.
2: Season two. Yeah. mm, It was okay. Yeah, we predicted it. They didn't have enough time. The kids grew up and they, eh, they think it was a little sloppy. I feel like they
1: didn't have enough time to, like, get that story down, yeah. and I think, it feels like they had scheduling issues, because Eleven was never with the rest of the people. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. She was always in, like, a cabin scene. She, I, and I, mean, I, I chalked that up to, like, oh, she got a lot of other offers to do other things, and she, she didn't. She was in
2: Godzilla. And she was in, yeah, yeah tons and of scheduling other movies. scheduling-wise,
1: they couldn't line her up with the rest of it, so right. they did a side story that we can just shoot with only her and then do the rest. That's what I thought. I don't know if that's true or not. That's what I felt like. But season two was kind of a dud. And then, so season three, I was a little apprehensive going in. Have you watched it yet? I haven't watched it yet, so... It is definitely... Not, I'm not going to spoil anything. Oh, perfect. It is definitely... Much better, and I don't think quite as good as season one, but still very good. They're diving into the '80s aesthetics now, right? That's really yeah, and it's about like mall life in the '80s, which is my childhood. Like around, I was I'm a little younger than the kids in Stranger Things, but I'm close enough in age that like I remember our mall at home like looked a lot like that mall in the (laughs) thing. But I think also just the storytelling's better, and all the kids were
2: together, and And it felt a lot more like the first season. So. I would recommend it. Yeah, that was definitely the big bummer of season two for me, which was just like, this is the most important character and she's, she's sequestered in a cavern with David Harbour, which is cool. I love David Harbour and I love cabins, but it'd be great if they all hung out a little bit more. <laughs> It's strange that they're not, to be honest. I love cabins. Yeah. You know well, what
1: else we love? If you're ever in a cabin, you know, something you could listen to after ah, our podcast. That was a better segue. I like that. <laughs> is our sister podcast, The Masters of Modern, Alex Kessler and Ben Bateman. You know, Alex is a big Commander player. We've been getting Ben into Commander, so they do tend to talk about that a little bit. You can find their show. um, If you just go to YouTube, type in Masters of of Modern, they'll Mm -hmm. show up, or on Twitter at the MMCast or right next to us at Collected.Company.
2: And our editors for the show are Ashlyn Rose and, welcoming back, Craig Blanchett to be editing for us as well. Good to have you back, Craig, one of our favorites. Uh, This is our first returning like That's editor, right. right? Like he was there yeah, for at? a while, left and came back. I don't think Eli's ever coming back. He's
1: doing shows on the History Channel and yeah, stuff. Yeah, he so. has his own stuff yeah. going on. But
2: yeah, those are editors. Special thanks to Jeffrey Palmer for doing the living card animations behind us on set. New card from Commander 2019 as well as the opening and ending of our shows on YouTube at youtube.com slash The Command Zone Podcast. And I just want to say we've got a ton of bonus episodes coming up so hit that subscribe
1: button so you can get all the notifications because yeah. we're looking at extra episodes for the next few weeks
2: because it is Commander Christmas. Commander Christmas. And that means we are giving you lots of cards. And, well, not cards. Lots of episodes. Tons of episodes. (laughs) We're we're giving you lots of content. Yeah.
1: (laughs) All right, everybody. Thanks for watching. (laughs) I'll see you next time.
2: Peace. Thank you
0: for your attention.